0: Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffee of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Capar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube.
1: What's going on everybody? Welcome yo, 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 to yo, yo. the official number Yay. 6 episode. Is this episode it? six? Of AWP I thought it was set. episode seven. <laughs> it's six. It's it's eight if you really count all of them. It's six. Mm-hmm. It's six. It's, a, it's the six. official six.
0: I'm going to steal six. the mic and reference the last episode. On the last episode, I said that, uh, that tongue oil and poly, that the tongue oil is actually more durable than poly. I did research and that is incorrect. I just wanted to correct that <laughs> because it is not correct, and they're not even the same. Tongue oil actually is is a penetrating oil, and obviously poly isn't over the top, so they're not even comparable. And you could make tongue oil very durable, but you'd have to do like a million coats, and it's like 48 hours between coats. So <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Be to honest. That. Be honest. You didn't research. You got a lot of hate mail. No, I actually, uh, a friend of the show hung over at Wiley Woodworks, messaged me and was like, hey, did you ever figure out if tongue oil or poly is uh, is better than the other? And I was like, no, I didn't. So when we were having dinner, I actually did a little research on it. And, uh, you know, I got a, I got a lot of messages.
1: You tell Mike <laughs> he's full of crap. <laughs> well, now that you fessed up, got I can a lot of those. get rid of these four emails I was going to read. <laughs> and, uh, well, since you're talking, what's on the bench?
0: Uh, Well, I'm working on some jigs. I finished up a Lego tray for my son, which I think is – well, I don't think. It's going to be something I'm going to be offering in my Etsy store and my store and my website moving forward because
1: – That was pretty they're, badass.
0: They're, it's pretty cool. I could see a lot of yeah. people wanting those. So I uh, finished that up. Really happy with that. I finished up my miter station. I'm really happy with that. Uh, but I'm doing some jigs right now uh, for the micro jig match fit system. I'm doing one for my table saw. That is it's a dual purpose jig that will do it'll be a tapering or a jointing sled or I can raise it up vertically and it'll attach to my fence and give me a raised like super tall fence for running tall items through my table saw like pizza peels or whatever stuff like that. So that's kind of it. Would it be fair to say you're getting jiggy with it? I am getting very jiggy with it. In fact, I uh, might not be sure myself. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. It's best I think it's best you leave. <laughs> I just got alert. a bunch of emails in. I don't know how people heard this already, but they want you out. <laughs> what about you, Pete? It's what you got going guess.
1: on? Uh, I did a couple things. I finally cut that damn slab that I've been teasing for like what feels like a month and got it all cut up and two of the boards are still kind of gnarly so I'm going to have to play around with it, but I'm really liking the way they look with the like Half squared up, half live edge look to it. And uh, the other very exciting thing is, I put new guides on my bandsaw, oh, and are they great. are incredible. Nice. Oh my god! Those I Carter have these stock metal ones that like are just just <laughs> flat metal on both sides, and they were such crap. I put these on there and a new blade. Um, I well, I'm gonna name drop. I when I met up with uh, Alex Nodgrass at the woodworking shows. He, like, took his time. We basically chatted for hours. Like, he showed me everything. He's like, all you need is a 3 eighths blade. I'm like, well, I want to do, like, some resaws. And he's like, no, no, that's all you need. Like, okay. A 3 eighths
2: 3-TPI blade? Yeah, he was
1: right. By chance? It is, yep. Yeah, that's that's um, all I get for
0: my 3 eighths blades.
1: Dude, um, I had a half-inch blade in there, like, just a cheapo Timberwolf. Like, it did okay. Uh, But the other thing that I am excited about that I tried for the first time is the way he sets the blade on there. He actually sets it, uh, he tilts the wheel that the blade rides on so that the gullet of the, of the actual blade is sitting right on a center or right on the top of the mound of the, the rollers, because it's kind of a hill. And he's like, that's where you want all the tension and it makes all the sense in a world, but that's not how the instructions kind of tell you to set up a bandsaw. It always tells you to kind of center it on the blade and man, our, is that thing riding true right now? Just that all the tension being on a teeth. What a difference. What yeah. a difference. Yeah. That's nice. So I'm very excited about that. And you know, I keep pimping out my little 14 inch bandsaw a little more every single year. And that thing's turning into like one really dependable machine. That's awesome. So I'm excited about that. And then I, then I made some uh, really fat cutting boards that I was going to resaw. But after I cut them down to size, I just love them. They're like over two inches thick mm-hmm. by nine by 12. Wow and they just feel so good i just want to use them as like a board like that nice. know, that's that's pretty much it that's so, all i did what about you guys dan
2: well as you may or may not know i've been working on a cabinet hmm. for a while and hmm. i finished it up yesterday i am so stoked so with good. it i know you don't need my me to tell wife you that. was very happy <laughs> um yeah yeah i i know it looks good
0: fine uh, <laughs> it looks super good no
2: it 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 came out really great my wife is crazy happy with it that that cabinet was for us it wasn't a client build that's great Mm. and yeah it's already making a huge difference in our kitchen like we were running out of storage so we kind of needed another cabinet nice and as for what's on my bench currently now that that's done uh nothing as of yet i'm gonna start on something probably tomorrow I have a a few client projects I need to work on, but those are going to remain a secret until I start on them.
0: Ooh. That's cool. Yes.
2: No uh Stay
0: tuned. No uh no hints. Oh,
2: it's just a a marble board to be perfectly honest. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's nothing.
0: Oh, all right. I
2: I didn't even know this was a a thing until somebody reached out and said that they uh they have this old marble board that their father made for them years and years ago and he's he's passed. Since then, and she just kind of wants to redo it and uh, live in the past a little bit, I
1: guess. <laughs> memories, yeah, yeah memories. memories.
2: So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make another one, and I'm gonna make it out of walnut, probably. Nice. I mean, obviously,
0: right? <laughs> to, uh,
2: make, make all stupid. the things out of walnut. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm and not gonna say, paint it. I'm not gonna stain it. Because oh, then I have words it. with myself,
1: <laughs> uh, and I gotta say, your wife's uh, very genuine face first time reaction was was amazing. <laughs> Just really sold it. Yeah, she was so incredibly happy. I don't Definitely. know if
0: you shared them to the public, but the bloopers no, made me share laugh pretty them hard. <laughs> <laughs> hard. Uh, this yeah, is that, funny for that everyone little listening. Video never I posted
2: <laughs> that little video I posted was the third take, <laughs> and I like that little video I posted on my Instagram. If you're not following me, you should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because uh, at the end it. it it kind of looks like she's crying, but she's not. She's trying to hold back laughter. <laughs> we, I was like, "You really need to nail this, sweetheart, because this is going to be in the video." We're going <laughs> and to Hollywood. She's like,
1: I'm not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> was
2: pretty funny. That was good. Stuff. Uh, I had I had several people
0: like, "Oh, I didn't realize she hadn't seen it." I'm like, "Yeah, she's seen it. She's tired of looking at it." <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I forgot I finished a cutting board this week actually too. I didn't. Know nice that ended up being for us. Yeah. Now that I, now that I think about it. It was a walnut and maple one as well. Well, I guess you don't have Very maple. nice. It came out good. Live edge on there, a little partial live edge. It was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was nice. <laughs> Dan, over. you called the top for your your cabinet there a cutting board at some point. <laughs> laugh. Well, it's the biggest cutting board I've, I've ever made. Well, yeah, it was like
2: 35 inches by 23 inches. It's I mean, it kind of looks like a cutting board because I put stripes in it. Right. But it looks great. It's not really a cutting board. Right,
0: How'd you attach the top? Some
2: the proper way? Z-Clips. No, actually, uh, <laughs> I put some, I put some plywood strips along the top edge oh, and on the inside of the cabinet, mm-hmm. and then I elongated some holes. Oh, nice! And then I just screwed it right into the oh, top. That's cool, perfect. It will last for movement. It's all going to be in the YouTube video. Stay Ooh. tuned. Ooh. I'm just all about pimping myself out this week. <laughs> Isn't that what it's all about? Follow, like, subscribe.
1: <laughs> Hit that <laughs> notification bell. Uh, smash smash it. it, smash it, oh, yes, smash since it. Since we're self promoting, I totally forgot. It, it, once again, I hit 8k
2: this
0: week.
1: Hey, congrats! That was dude. so exciting. 8, 8k and what? It, like on our uh, followers?
0: <laughs> oh, um, he did an <laughs> 8k run. <laughs> cool.
1: 8k run. <laughs> I finally made it, guys.
2: So that I'm was proud that of was, you, beat on the 8k run. That's very yeah, nice.
1: That, that actually snuck up on me. I totally forgot with everything that's been going on. And then now uh, Mike hits me up like, "Hey, you hit 8k." It's like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's so awesome. So I'm and I'm super. I don't want to say it was me who did it.
0: But it was my account that got to the 8K. So okay. my personal Mike's, account. So Mike you finally just started following me. Pete? <laughs> on my personal One account. of these yeah. days you're going to follow me. <laughs>
1: nah. We will Damn,
0: eventually. Actually, I do need to go follow you on my personal account. I should do that. No, you don't. No. I'm going to go do that right now. We'll just, Give let's that just call one it quits valuable... on the podcast for right now. Like... We'll just call it day. <laughs> I'm going to go follow you on my personal right. account.
2: <laughs> So actually, Pete and I are now friends on Facebook. What? Yep, it's getting yeah, things serious. Are moving kind of fast. Whoa. Yeah, I joined
1: uh, Dan for a Zoom with his, <laughs> you know, that private was fun home from what I remember. For friends. <laughs> they pretty much only used me because I had an unlimited Zoom account. So they That's were able true. to have an over 40 yeah. minute get together. <laughs> Is that how that works? They have a 40 mm-hmm. minute cap? 40-minute cap.
2: Really? It's a 40-minute cap after you use it twice. I think the first two are, are unlimited, and then after you use it like the third time, they start giving you a 40-minute cap. Looking free. Mm-hmm. Unless you're an educator or you have some acoustic. sort of other. Yeah.
1: Felt so used. <laughs> so we got no topic today. We're going right into voicemails, right? Yeah. We got so many.
0: Yeah, we got a bunch this week. Thank you so, so much, So many everyone. voicemails. So many voicemails. We got... Um, I did want to say we got uh, a bunch of people who use the Google voice number, which is great. Uh, we did get a voice message that was recorded on someone's phone, and then they emailed in. That's the best way to do it if you can. Best way. You can control it. You can If you're not happy with the audio, you can edit, delete it, or whatever. So most phones, I think, have some sort of audio recording app built into them. And if you just email them to anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com, that is awesome. It's really easy for me to extrapolate that and throw it in the recording, too, for the for the uh, editing software. Not that the other one's any harder, Very but nice. it just sounds so much better. So mm-hmm. let me, uh, we're actually going to start with that first one or with that uh, recorded on the device <laughs> one. And that's from Nick Key at Key Woodworks. So let's, I've never heard of this guy. Um, either. I heard don't he's me got
1: hard. dope don't, dope hats. Don't
0: look at my hat. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. i never heard of this guy. Uh, I like his right.
1: logo too. It's cool.
0: I like how he made it as big as humanly possible. And he told me that he made it, that's the biggest thing will go with a logo. <laughs> so anyway, let's do this. I like it. What's up, guys? Long-time listener, first-time caller, and I was just wondering, when you are wanting to learn either a new technique or a new process, how do you go about learning how to do that new technique or process? Do you jump on the interwebs and hit YouTube up? Do you hit the forums? Are you an Instagram researcher? Or do you just go out into the shop and hit it? And follow-up question to that question once you figure out how to do that new technique or process, when you go out into the shop, do you practice, do you prototype, or do you just dive right in into your project? Thanks, guys. Loving the podcast. Keep up the good work. Dan, what about you?
2: I'm uh, I'm a YouTube guy, so I'll go hit up YouTube. I'll watch a few videos, and then it's straight out to the shop and try to do it myself on some scrap or whatever. And then I'll jump right into the project with it after I feel comfortable. I mean, it's it's either go or no go at that point, right? So yeah. what about you, Pete?
1: I personally love to just jump into it. And it, I guess it depends on if it's a woodworking project, I love to just figure it out. And usually if I get stumped, I will jump onto YouTube or forums and ask a friend or something like that. But I love to just like see a photo of something or see a video of something and go, I want to just try that. Just learn from my mistakes. A lot of times I mess it up, but a bunch of times I've gotten just like dumb lucky. Like my first time doing dovetails, I was just like, that looks cool. I saw a video and somebody kind of gave me some pointers on it. I was like, all right, let's, let's just do it. And uh, my first ones are, I still have them in my shop uh, somewhere there and they're not terrible, but they're definitely not amazing. But it was like a fun learning experience, like figuring it out, you know, because woodworking a lot of it is making a mistake and then trying to figure out how to fix it. Now, if I'm like restoring a tool or uh, trying to fix something uh, with when it comes to like machinery or actual tools, that I will research till I know everything about it, part numbers, all that, uh, because that is something that, you know, unlike woodworking, if I mess that up, that's broken. I need new parts or I might not be able to fix it because I have some older tools, with woodworking, all right, I cut it too short. All right, well, guess guess the whole cabinet's smaller now, or I'm just gonna cut a new piece of wood. So you kind of like learn from your mistakes, but they're not permanent and terrible. Right. So I like to just dive into it and figure it out. Nice.
0: When I get, you, I like to research things like crazy. I research them to death. Uh, that's whenever there's something new I'm trying to try out, I'll go watch. I, I definitely don't research stuff on Instagram. There's like no search function. It's useless. Yeah. I'll see things on it's my feed useless. that like intrigue me and I'm like, ooh, I want to try that. That's probably the coolest thing about Instagram is you'll see things that you aren't looking for and you'll be like, Oh man, that looks really cool. I wanna try that. That's probably why Instagram works so well. But um when I need to look something up, it's I go straight to you to YouTube. I watch you know, a bunch of the names I trust who do things, uh, you know, Pachudo and and uh Spagnuolo, all those guys. I really I really I'll watch all their videos on it and then um then I'll go try it myself. But usually I'll watch it so much that I feel like I have a complete understanding of it or multiple different ways to do it, and then I just jump into the shop. So um, I I never, unless it's a really easy task or, in, or if it's something I've figured out in my own head that I want to try, I never just go jump into things. I, I research the crap out of stuff. I really research stuff a lot. So that's kind of how I do it.
1: I definitely research more the higher that the cost is. If Mm. it's going to be like a big pour or I'm cutting into like a beautiful slab like, or doing something with a lot of finish that might be expensive or you want to do it right, I make sure that I research that. It's like almost the more research or the more expensive something or the more costly the mistake could be, uh, the more I'm going to research it, definitely.
0: Yeah, if it's just a piece of wood that you're just going to cut down and fix, it's not that big a deal for sure. That makes a lot of sense. I I love learning. Right. It, it depends
2: too. on materials you have on hand, and like in my case, it it also depends on if it's a client build or not. Like, yes, I can't afford to be screwing up client builds. So practice, 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 practice. Yep. Can't talk.
0: <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Words are very hard. You know me. By I'm now. gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna jump into this next question from uh, Eric with Seven Bridges. I, I like this question. I think it's a. It'll probably go quick, but it's a good question. Hey. Lefties nope, that's shop. not the right one. That's not the <laughs> one. I uh think I downloaded the wrong one, so I'll have to pull it up here in a minute, but let's let's do Leftie's real quick uh, Kevin or Kevin <laughs> with Leftie's Woodshop. <laughs> Production flub. Wah, wah. Uh like I was saying, this is uh Kevin with Leftie's Woodshop asking about prices. You better not edit this out. You better not. Edit this out. Hey, this is Kevin from Leftie's Woodshop. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I was wondering how you price your items and how you take in consideration your time to make it well worth it. Thanks, guys. Keep rocking an awesome podcast. Later. I'm going to defer to Dan off the bat because Dan does this for a living about pricing. And I know Dan's answer, but I want to hear him yes, say it. Yes, so.
2: we've, we've been over this many times. And I know like pricing could be like a, a very long conversation. Uh, you can go... Sp- way into depth and you know people even have been known to argue about it but i keep mine very simple and it's worked well for me it's material costs cost of materials times three plus 10 percent. it's very simple and it has worked well for me that's how i do it
1: pete uh it depends on the project if i'm doing something because listen not all of us are doing this as a business a lot of guys out there are just doing it as a hobby So at the very least, when I'm doing as a hobby and if it's for, you know, a close family member or something that I'm willing to do for somebody, I will usually, my goal is to break even plus 10% the way I look at it. So like I'd like to at least get some money for my time or something for the things that I don't account for. So if my materials alone cost me a hundred bucks. I'd like to get, you know, 110, 120, something like that for it, just so I can kind of account for the other things the glues, the stains, the wear on my materials. So like the 10%, I like to kind of add on there. Obviously, I donate my time, but if I'm doing an actual project, it's usually uh, I try to, you know, material plus 10%. And then I like to pay myself, you know, basically a wage. If, if something is going to take me five hours to do, I like, you know, I'll charge 30 bucks an hour up or down, depending on what type of project it is, what kind of client it is, because you know, you can't always charge the same across the board, but at the very least you should be breaking even on materials and wear and tear on your shop. That's the way I look at it. If you want to keep it as a hobby and keep it, you know, actually going and not sink a bunch of money into your shop and not get anything out of it, pay yourself a little bit at least.
2: Uh, and you're coming at this from a hobbyist standpoint. Totally a hobbyist. Just to be totally clear. a
1: hobbyist. I mean, obviously, I sell a okay. bunch of cutting boards. You know, the uh, cutting boards, different little furniture pieces, and little tchotchkes keys and stuff. I don't usually make a lot of large furniture pieces, just because lack of room. But I'm a hobbyist. For me, this shop is a hobby that I want it to support itself. I don't want to have to pump money into here. This shop has been fully right. self-sustained financially for two and a half years now, and I still have some money in the bank to throw at it. And that's not even counting my teaching, uh, which I kind of count as shop money as well because I it's woodworking teaching, so I, you know it's kind of the same genre. But pay hey, yourself,
2: yeah.
1: Like I, I never want to have to dip into my own, you know, my own money to buy wood for a project. No, that that should be coming out of the shop money. Mike,
0: what um, you say I try to make as much as I can off anything I make. So I'm, I have a business. So, but I'm i I'm closer to a hobbyist than than Dan is. Dan is a true business, paying his bills. But I do have a small business, and I I have to make profits as much as I can because I got to report taxes and I got to report stuff to my CPA. So I try to make as That's much as a whole I can. Another conversation. So yeah, we won't talk about that. Mm. But um, uh, I, I I generally try try to run my time at fifty dollars an hour, but. I don't make a lot of – I haven't made any furniture that I've sold to people, so I can't really run with that number into my pricing. Most of what I make is kind of the prices dictated by the market, and I usually try to push that envelope as much as I can. So it kind of goes back to the beginning for me where in the beginning when I first started, I would make stuff – the first few items I made were free. Then after I started getting more comfortable with them, I started charging people the cost of materials – then over the last year or so, I've just been raising my price until I start getting pushback. I, and I haven't gotten any pushback so far. Uh, obviously, I don't really know how much things are going to sell when it's a new item. Like this Lego tray I just made, I threw a number on it. I literally just went on Etsy, which that's another conversation. Etsy is not a great price, place to get your pricing from because a lot of those storefronts are, no offense, they're Chinese high production shops after, after Etsy started allowing those shops into their into their stores. They're, they're not really hand. You can't compete with it. And a lot of that stuff is garbage. Uh, so you really, you really shouldn't just base anything off Etsy alone because it's not a really good gauge of pricing. But I have looked at other makers in the makerspace and their Etsy pages and things that they make that are of similar quality or similar design. And I've based my pricing off of that. So I know that there are other makers who have made trays and they're not necessarily Lego trays, but I've gotten my pricing based on that a similar size two foot by two foot tray with Walnut and maple. They're charging this much. I went with that number. Um, So when it comes to decor items, you really are kind of, it's kind of dictated by the market and cutting boards and bottle openers and all the things I'm selling cornhole boards. There's only, there's like a ceiling on that stuff for sure. But when you're building like a console table or a coffee table, The maker kind of demands the price and how well they're, how well known they are for making furniture and what the word of mouth is on them. So it's kind of tough. But like Dan said, he does three times the cost of material plus 10%. 3COM 10 is a very standard and well tried and true way of pricing material. I think it's just a great, it's worked well for me. It's a great way to do it. I think if you want to have like no thought about it, no that's not like a dig at all. It's just a quick way of thing. Oh, I, this it's not it's not an insult at all. It's it's a quick way of doing it. You don't have to do a bunch of line items and break out a ton of stuff. Material cost 125 bucks. Well, now it's 375 times or times 10%. So, you're talking like 410 yeah. bucks or whatever for the item. And
2: shout out like Made for Profit, another podcast mm-hmm. in the maker community, they have a whole episode on pricing and they have a price guide out there. Mm-hmm. If you want to get super like legit and uh, want to break everything down by line item and you want to get very organized, I mean, go look at that.
1: And a little uh, shout out to uh, my friend Aaron over at Aaron B. Designs. She actually turned me on to this. I totally forgot about it. It's called the Craft Calculator. You can get it in the App Store. I think it's on the Android too. And it's literally super simple, just like cost of material, number of items, total hours, uh, hourly wage, and then you know if you want to do a markup profit, if you're doing a retail type of thing, uh, it just kind of throws. You know, you can ha- keep your figures in there standard, and you just change material cost, and then number of items and hours, and you got your your price. Mm-hmm. So it's just a quick and dirty way to do it, and you got it right on your phone. You don't have to, or just you know do a spreadsheet. But yes, the made for profit uh, episode about that was really good info.
0: Yeah, I think you know, just make sure whatever your whatever your decision is and whatever route you go, just make sure you're happy with it. And you're probably going to adjust it. I mean, Dan's happy mm-hmm. with his and he's good with his. Pete's happy with his. Do the thing. I'm happy finally. Yeah, right. Do the thing. Yeah, that's- it's <laughs>
2: taken some while. It's taken some time. Yeah,
0: and that's the other thing like you're going to mess up on some pricing in the beginning. <clears throat> oh yeah. You're going to have oh, yeah. you're going to eat it on some things, especially when you're just getting into stuff. I mean, I was definitely paying to give stuff to people before, I was definitely not making money on it. Um, I've made mistakes. Yeah, and then there's always the mistake, and like, unless you're in a position where you can charge that out, you're gonna eat any mistakes. There's no real position oh, yeah, where you're gonna too. build something yeah. where you can't. Where a mistake is something the customer's gonna eat, it's just not gonna happen. Um,
1: God, all the mistakes I've made. <laughs> I made, I made these beautiful like 24 by 36 walnut frames. And I quoted something ridiculously low. It was like 200 or something. Uh, it was for a family too, but it was like about two years ago. And then I found out that the glass alone was like pro- probably as much, if not more than the actual walnut cost me. It was like almost a hundred bucks just for the glass for the two frames. Mm. And Basically in the end, I was, I quoted them like 300 and they ended up telling me, cause this family they were like, they were, they wanted $3,000 for these. I was like, Oh, well I definitely gave you a deal. Like I still made money on the on on the whole thing. Like it was like 50 bucks or something, but mm. definitely didn't pay myself hourly for it. It was more like a fun, like, let's try this out. Uh, but definitely uh, could have lost a lot of money on that.
0: I think, you know, I don't want to go deep dive into the conversation. I don't know how you're not giving yourself an hourly wage. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're not trying to well, make more money on it. And, well, I'm not, do, and no, it's not I'm a deal.
1: No, if I'm doing an actual like commission or project, mm-hmm. totally am. I mean, usually my floor is 30 an hour for that. Um, and, you know, but when it's like, when I'm just cranking out cutting boards and throwing mm-hmm. them up on a shelf and then just making them, I don't really count the hours on that because I'm usually batching them out. I have a bunch. And, and mi- you know, between the sanding and coats and drying and all that stuff, it like adds up, but it's really not that much labor. Oh
2: yeah. If you're batching out stuff, that's probably a completely yeah. different it formula. Is. And, um,
0: right. And like when I do my cutting, like the bottle openers <laughs> are my number one seller. I sell tons mm-hmm. of those things. I do 10 at a time. And I'm not going to say how much time goes into it, but you know, I'm making plenty. I'm making, I sell four, 10 of those. I make 400 bucks. I'm, I'm good. Things are good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't want to go directly into pricing with that, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm happy with that for sure. And that definitely factors in my $50 an hour. <laughs> so,
1: Ooh, or another great, great way to price your work is anytime you're taking on a job, especially early on charge them, whatever the markup is buys you a tool you need for that job. That then you can keep that you, you absolutely yeah. wanted. Let's say you needed a track saw. Guess what? Like, you know, you're making some cabinets or something. You're getting a track saw yeah. now. So you can buy it and justify that cost. And you basically break an even at the end. But you've got a $300, $400 tool. Yep. So that's that's kind of how I got started with all my saws. Every time I did a job, I got a new tool. And I made why, no money, but something. Why,
2: yes, I will make you a cutting board. I'm just going to mark it up about $2,000. <laughs> <laughs> a drum sander. <laughs> it's
0: a 17-inch thick two foot by nine foot cutting board.
1: <laughs> just a thick timber. It's made of the finest wood it's, you can find It's just find a on Earth. stump <laughs> with squared sides.
0: Well, uh, uh, we, ah. we have a question from Eric with Seven Bridges. <laughs> oh, oh do we? Let's cool. see if... Uh, I didn't mess it up oh, this time. Let's give it, I can't wait. Let's give it a whirl. I hope it's the right one.
2: And it's Eric with Seven Bridges again. The question that I really wanted to know is, do you view it as important to use different content across the platforms. Like do you make different TikToks versus your IG videos versus your Twitter feeds versus
0: your Snapchats? Whatever. Thanks. I'll take Mike. I'll take this one. <laughs> um I do make different TikToks and different YouTubes. That's all I kept Mike, thinking about. Mike, Mike has TikToks. a lot of dancing videos on his TikTok you should no, go check uh, it out. For reals, though, the answer is you definitely need to make content for the platform because every platform is different. I have very specific things I do for Instagram. I have very specific... I, I am on TikTok. If you don't follow me there, go see me dancing in my booty shorts. No? All right. Uh, <laughs> they're both vomiting. Um, I do have a TikTok and it's different. Uh, I won't go into what the difference is, but TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, they all need different things, and they all call for different production elements. Uh, I don't care about Facebook. I just cross-post my Instagram to Facebook. That's kind of just the how I do it. I don't. I don't. I'm sure there's some gains to be made there, but I just don't care to put the time in for it. But yes, if you want to succeed on Facebook, if you want to succeed on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you need to make content that's geared for that platform. Pete.
1: Uh yeah, I mean think of it just in a simple terms of vertical or horizontal. What do you what's your where are you gonna be viewing that? Nobody's viewing Instagram on a desktop. Of course you're gonna go vertical, but for YouTube you're gonna go horizontal. You know, anytime I somebody posts and I've I've done this, I posted a horizontal video in my story or something, and you got the like the the gray or whatever up and above and below the photo. It just doesn't look as good and it's really far away. So you definitely want to, you know, want to change it. And also length, you know, you might, you can like, Mike does a great job of squeezing one of his YouTube videos into a 30 second short to throw onto Instagram. But at the end, it's a 20 minute video. Mm -hmm. You you have to have that, you know, that contrast. And even if, you know, maybe you're going to turn a video into a thumbnail for Pinterest or for your video, um, because, you know, Pinterest, usually you're going more, same thing, it's uh, vertical instead of horizontal, whereas on YouTube thumbnail, you're going horizontal. So uh, that's one way that, I, you know, I differentiate. Like, I, I, did, I used to do uh, Pinterest a lot. I actually would send my posts to Pinterest. And I've gotten some traffic from there, but not a whole ton. I kind of gave up on it.
2: Yeah, you got to think about the general audience of each platform. Mm-hmm. Yep. And their attention span, right? Yep. I
0: think... TikTok has the lowest oh, attention span. You can't put more than one process on TikTok.
1: You right. mean it's not evergreen content?
0: No. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I, and then I will say. S-
2: just a little bit above TikTok, I would say. Yeah, like, two yes, processes. Attention span-wise. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, what were you going to say, Mike? Well, <clears throat> so for Instagram and TikTok, I use the same ratio, four five, the aspect ratio of four five. So it's actually 1350 by 1080 for both platforms. So it takes up the entire feed. So no one can see any. So TikTok, you can't actually see any other posts when you're on the feed. You see that one post. You can't see parts of the other like you do on Instagram. For Instagram, I do thirteen fifty by ten eighty because it takes up the entire screen, and the viewer can only see your post, and they're not they're not distracted by the one above them or below them. And it, in my opinion, and others' opinions, it keeps them on your post for longer, and you'll actually get a view out of it because a view on Instagram, I believe, is three seconds. Uh, so if the anytime you have a landscape, if you do like a landscape, like a nine by what is that, sixteen by nine, you're yep. you're almost you can see the bottom of the post above it and the top of the post below it, and it's distracting to the to the viewer. So I've always done four or five. I do the same for TikTok, uh, just because it takes up that whole screen. It just looks better. You don't get the black bars. And then
1: like that was the best advice you ever gave me. Yeah, it, was, it works really yeah, well. It's brilliant. It's really. You ever scroll through and let's say you did a photo and it's a really nice finished shot. But you scroll a little too high and the video below starts playing, mm-hmm. attention's gone. Yep, like, I, I I'm on a nice one. I don't even
0: like. Even people I like, I go to the next post because it's just I don't want to try to have to find that perfect three-pixel spot where I can get the post to work. It doesn't – it's so annoying and distracting. Yep. Um, and then for Facebook, I do four or five on there as well because most people are viewing it on their phone, I think, and it looks good on their phone. Also, I don't care about Facebook. So there's better advice to get for Facebook in the world. But YouTube, it's landscape. Yeah. It's la- you do la- Can I just say
1: this? I yeah. And I, I don't know if it's, it's an unpopular opinion, but I hate Facebook. I, I hate just, Facebook. I get nothing good from it aside it. from like staying in contact with friends and checking some like groups for CNC or printing. But damn, I just do not like that platform. Nothing, Nothing does well for me when I post it there. I created a business page that did z- like zero numbers every day. I was getting maybe one or two views. Um, Instagram and YouTube is where it's at, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're now friends on Facebook, Pete. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll still
1: <laughs> check in with you, buddy. No, no, uh, I'll, I'll like and, you know, share your stuff. It has its
0: place. It's yeah. not, but its it place does. is more of a back end now. I mean, it's, 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 such an, are, it's such an old, people are getting away from it. It's such an old platform. Like, people are getting away from it, but I think like, families and staying in touch with people it's almost like a thing that's just there like it's just a part of life almost you know remember when instagram came around and everyone's like oh look at that pictures of food and then now look where it's at you know and now we're here again with tiktok oh look at that it's kids dancing it's it is stupid like it's really dumb but you don't know where it's going to be in five years uh Uh five years it could be the big thing or one year right Anything can change. I mean, things turn turn around so fast. <laughs> yeah, but – I mean, look,
1: they tried to do evergreen content with IGTV. Well, it used to be a that, big button on the front page and now it's Well, that's it's what dying. I th- – I mean, the
0: IGTV, you still couldn't search it. Nope. It's useless. I don't even – I mean, I thought I, – I, I know that I had read articles where they were saying they were going to eliminate IGTV entirely. Uh, yeah. They had made it impossible to find within the Instagram app you had to actually go through different search like mult like you'd have to hit four buttons just to get to IGTV well apparently yeah. they have a separate IGTV app i didn't even know that existed and i, I guess neither
2: this is a, i, I guess
0: they right revamped the it uh last week so i don't know if they're going to try to get back but it doesn't matter you can't search it um it's just crazy yeah but-
2: it's not like youtube
0: no, that's the thing. YouTube, YouTube
2: is basically just a search engine for videos.
0: Yeah, that is. It's a search engine.
1: <laughs> it is the second largest search engine yeah, out there.
0: It's besides Google who owns it. Yep. So, <laughs> so it's just like, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say TikTok. I will say, um, it is dumb. <laughs> I want to open with it's dumb, <laughs> but the content seems to last a really long time on there. I did, um, I did that, that that zero clearance insert from my miter saw, and that was, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. I'm still getting lots, and that thing's at almost 380,000 views <laughs> on TikTok. What? Yeah. And it's still getting views and comments and likes, and that's two or three weeks ago now? I mean, that's a pretty long time for a platform like that with zero attention span to keep something alive. So I don't know how any of their crazy. hosting or serving or – not hosting. I don't know how any of their serving works on that platform. I don't know how they serve up stuff to people's feed. But I only follow like 30 people on TikTok, and I never see them in my feed. Never. So I don't even know how that platform works. It's very bizarre. But but I think it's like – I look at it very little. I, I yeah. think it's like old – and I only put stuff on there every other day. I think it's like old Instagram – But I was never around for old Instagram, so I don't really know what old Instagram was like. Back in the day, I guess it was super easy to get followers. Focus your energy.
1: Like focus your energy. If you don't want to be doing, I mean, some people literally do Snapchat too. Like I know he, What is that? maybe he said it jokingly, people use Snapchat, <laughs> like people share their stories, you know? And, um, you know, but like sarcastically, right? I know. It's like hipsters. <laughs> you know, people focus on Facebook cause they think like their entire business can run through Facebook cause there's all these Facebook businesses. I'm going to post everything on there and they're not That on was Instagram me. That was all.
2: me a couple years ago. Like I ran my, almost my entirety of, of my photography business on Facebook. That's where I got all my business. And yep. to this day, I still get a lot of business from Facebook.
1: Exactly. So that's my thing. What's the next uh, voicemail?
0: Let me Good question, it. by the way. Good question. That was, I did like that one. It went well. Yeah. Let's go into this uh, This real quick one about sticker swaps. This one will be a fast one. This is from oh, Zach. There, you can take this one. Zach Great Oak Woodworks. <laughs> <laughs> I can take Good. it if you want. Hi, guys. Zach McRae from Great Oak Woodworks. My question is about stickers and sticker swaps. How do you first go about getting stickers and going to sticker swaps? Let me know. Thanks. I'll take this one to jump into it. Uh, Well, first you need a logo that you're going to keep because you don't want to invest in stickers if you're not going to have your logo very long, if you're going to just rebrand or revamp it. Uh, But then you just find a company that makes stickers. There's like 15 or 20 inside the Instagram community that are well-regarded. I prefer a company called sticker beat. Uh, there's other ones out there that are, it's stickers. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, it's stickers. So at the end of the day, get the one you like the most. Uh, I have heard that there's differences in the adhesives that they use. Mm -hmm. Just don't go cheap on stickers. There's no reason not to go. There's no reason to go cheap. But even a even a quality sticker isn't that expensive. Right. So. They're so cheap. Um.
1: And the more you get, the cheaper they get. Right. Because the price sometimes like just getting 100 or something, you might be paying 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks. But if like, for example, I bought uh, I bought 100 two years ago and it cost me $45. And I got a 1,000 a couple months ago and it cost me $80. Yeah. Double the cost, 10 times as many. And I'm set for years. And a lot now, of these, again, I'm, I'm bought into my logo too, so I'm not going to get rid of it. Right. That's the other thing.
0: <laughs> and a lot of these companies have promos running all the time. You sign up for their mailing yep. lists, uh, and then they yeah. they work with different people on the, in the community. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of promo codes out there. Promo code, promo code coffee, 20% off sticker beat. Uh, there's a bunch of them <laughs> out there. You can just find a bunch of them. I mean, you, they're, they they just exist. It's really easy to find them. They're not a lot of work. And then as far as like sticker swaps go, it's just, you just message someone and say, Hey, man, yep. want to do a sticker swap? Or and it's, I think, throw it, throw it up in your stories. Yeah. Throw, yeah. Say, Hey, I want to do stick." That's a great suggestion, Dan. Don't put it in your posts, but put it in your stories. Say, Hey, I want to do sticker swaps. Uh, and people will reach out to you or just start, just start, talk people you engage with regularly. Yeah. Just message them and be like, Hey, I want to do a sticker swap. It's real simple. Most people are, most people get it. Uh, when I was first got into this, when I first got onto Instagram, I thought it was so stupid sticker swaps. I was like, "What the heck?" I used to make a, I made a joke like, "How many sticker swaps do I have to do before I can start cutting dovetails?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I quickly learned that it's not. It has nothing to do with anything. It's a. It's another thing that's great in the community. It's a community thing. It's all. It's everyone just. It's just another way to engage with each other, and it's it's really cool. I really like the sticker swap a lot. I turned around and entirely on that.
1: Make sure to track it. Anytime somebody hits you up, sometimes it's very easy to get lost. I have a spreadsheet that I have going. So, anytime somebody's like, Hey, you want to do a sticker swap? I just copy and paste their address right there and then. And all I have is just two columns inbound and outbound. Did I get a sticker? Did I ship out a sticker? And that way, I track if I'm actually sending one to you. Because I, you know, I, I don't want to like say that like we're big accounts or something, but like somebody, if somebody's reaching out to you, like they like your content, they want your sticker. You know they they want to show you off on a wall or something like they took the initiative. So for you to not send one back, it's kind of a you know it's a dick move. Kind of yeah, it's a dick move.
0: On a related note, uh, if I owe you a sticker, please reach out to me. And let me know. <laughs> Dan's had uh, his Dan's <laughs> had his ha- head in his his face in his hands for the last the whole time Pete's been talking, <laughs> shaking his head in shame. I
2: am I am really bad about getting back to people on stickers. I am so sorry.
1: Well, if you guys want to swap with me or Mike, just hit us up because we're on top of it. <laughs>
2: I am there. Can I
0: just send a bunch of stickers to you guys and no. can you send them out for no. me?
1: Just tag Could one. You? We'll just staple them together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I, I do a lot of them and I only do them once a month. I kind of wait till I have a bunch of them and I, I send out like 50 or 60 at a time uh, because getting it, I can sit down and knock them all out. I print, I like Pete said, I have an uh, app I use called Things. It's kind of organized my whole life. Mm. It's where I store everything. I have a thing in here for sticker swaps and I can just copy and paste this and print them out to uh, labels for uh, mailing addresses. So that's how I do it. Yep. And then slap them all in there, put a little note on the back of the sticker and get them out. So
1: and one d- last note about sticker swaps. If you're going to buy stickers, do not get paper ones. No. Get vinyl. Don't get cheap. Don't get the super cheapo cheap ones. Oh, it's, yeah. You're going you're gonna to regret it. If that envelope even gets a little wet in a rain or something, your sticker's shot.
2: What uh, oh, I've got, a, I've got a few stickers up on my board, quote unquote, <laughs> that are falling off already, just from the tiny bit of humidity that we've had in Nebraska already.
0: Yeah, it's. I get that too. You can, you can, you can feel when they're. Chi- it feels I, really low rent. Yeah. I keep a glue stick in my in mm-hmm. my shop, and I re adhere them with a glue stick. That's smart. I use CA glue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, that's a good idea, though. The, the glue, the glue is a good idea. But yeah, sticker swaps, pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty easy thing. It's a fun way to engage with the community and yeah, you can open up some conversations back. with people you wouldn't, might not have had otherwise. So it's
2: pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty easy thing, Dan.
0: <laughs> Got it. It's a uh, real easy to maintain and there's really no reason to fall behind. So. Yep.
1: <laughs> Aside from like running your own business. Right. Yeah, that, that's a minor thing.
0: <laughs> Let's uh, jump into another question. Where's your priorities at? <laughs> yes. All right, this is from Andrew with ADD Woodworking.
2: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from ADD Woodworks. Uh, my question for you guys is do you guys prefer to build off of plans or do you just kind of wing it? Thanks. Dan? I swing both ways. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Are you recording this? Um <laughs> It really depends on the project. If it's a client project, you know, I'd like to have some sort of loose plan um, just so I can keep on track and, and, keep track of what I'm doing. But for the cabinet I just built for our house, I completely won that. I had yeah. no plan going into it. I just had like a, a rough idea of how tall and how wide I wanted it. And that was it. Um, yeah. It depends on the project.
0: What about you? Pete? Yeah, I just kind
1: of wing it. Yeah. I'll, Pete. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I like to just jump into a project. Like I said, like seeing an idea and then just jumping into it. Now I was for a while obsessed with woodsmith magazine and I've like literally folders of like printed out projects and all this stuff. I, but I rarely look at the actual measurements. I'm looking at the project and the dimensions, like the ratios of dimensions or if, you know, if it is a cabinet or a table, I pay attention to the height maybe, but I always try to make it to whatever would fit the space I'm making it into. Uh, and and sometimes there just isn't any dimensions to to go off of. Yeah, it's, it's fun to have the freedom, and a, a lot of times, especially when I was getting started, and it still happens now when I'm making something. I kind of work with like, well, I have this much of this plywood. I guess it's this tall now. Right. <laughs> that's,
0: I, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I, I'm. Are you done? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, you, that's it. Yeah, I, that. Please, I'm, I'm basically. The same. I yield
1: my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the gentleman yields his I, time. I like. I like to use plans but like Pete was saying a lot of the times when I use plans, I find that, Oh, this thing, it doesn't fit the space that I need it for exactly. Or something's not exactly right about it. And I think generally speaking, when it comes to plans, I don't, I wing it almost every time. Uh, I am trying to get better about making plans when I have something designed in my head. I do try to make it and it's just more of a checklist for me. So I don't miss a cut or something like that. But a lot of the times I'm just referencing. I don't usually actually stick hard to measurements really anymore. Um, I'm, I'm mainly like, if I'm going to make like a cabinet and a carcass, I just set my table saw fence to the same size and I make all my cuts on that same piece and then I can reference, cause it's, the depth of the cabinet's gonna be the same no matter what. So if it's a piece
2: of, that's the way to do it. That's the
0: way to do it. Like you can't be like trying to hit a measurement. I mean, reference cutting is the best way to do it. So, um, set your, if you have like the same cut a bunch of times, don't change your table saw fence. Make all those cuts at one time so everything's the same depth or the same length or whatever the dimension is. That way
2: if you're off by a sixteenth or a thirty second, they're all that way and it's fine.
0: And then it's fine. And everything works with itself. So um, in terms of actually using plans, I'm like Pete and Dan. I don't actually use plans that much. I will print out like something that I like and I'll put it on my, de- on my bench and I'll want to make that. And I'll just try to figure out my own dimensions because the dimensions yep. don't actually matter. The proportions kind of matter. The proportions really matter, but the actual dimensions don't. They just don't matter. So I, I'm the same way, but I am trying to get better about making plans, and I am actively trying to learn SketchUp so that I can offer plans. Because I do get people asking me, "Hey, yes, how do you make this? You know, and and they don't need to do it to the same exact specifications either. But it's more of a reference for them to to push up against more than anything, because the exact measurements That's- never really matter.
2: That's one of my goals for this year, sometime in the future is making plans because I make a lot of unique one-off projects Yep, and I get that question all the
0: time. Do you have plans for that? Yep. So yeah. My cabinets, my shop cabinets, every time I make a different shop cabinet, I get, I mean I get a handful of inquiries. I get constantly inquiries about that, that air scrubber I have with the, that I made out of a box fan. There's probably 50,000 of those plans online. But if I could offer it to someone, that'd be really cool. So I, I need to learn SketchUp, and that's kind of one of my May goals—is uh, learning SketchUp. So I think that's—I yeah. uh, think that's pretty well covered. Pretty well covered yep. question. Hmm? Um, let's jump into this next one here from Eli Woodworks about wood storage. Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric.
2: Hey guys, Eli here. Quick question. Um, how do
1: you uh, decide which woods you want to store vertically versus the ones you want to store horizontally? Would love to hear that response. I'm sure that question comes up multiple times and uh, I'm sure there's multiple answers, but uh, for what it's worth, uh, just wanting to figure out which ones you guys selectively choose vertically versus horizontally. Thank you.
2: I just let the wood fall wherever it lands like i have no <laughs> rhyme or reason Forest cover covered it's all, with it. it's all about wherever i have space uh if if it can fit on my lumber rack then they're they're gonna be lying horizontally if it can fit over in the corner then i guess they'll be vertical i don't i don't really think about it that much
1: i think the size dictates it more than the wood itself Ooh. you know <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to put a sheet of plywood flat on the floor. Why? You're that gonna... seems like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, because we all have just... April Wilkerson's shop. But <laughs> just I mean, anytime plywood. you can lay it down flat, I think it just looks nice and you can kind of seal them there. But it, I mean, I have a bunch of slabs in here that are eight and a half feet long and my ceilings are seven and a half, maybe eight feet. So I can't stand them up. And if I could, I would just for the sake of wood space. I
0: see what you did there. Uh, I
1: mean, go to a lumberyard, any lumberyard. You're gonna have stuff that's in wait, racks, wait, wait, and then you're gonna have stuff. Goodwill has a lumberyard. No, go to any lumberyard. <laughs> oh, I thought go you said Goodwill, Goodwill lumberyard. Lumber I was like, what? I'm mumbling. Uh, go don't. to any Goodwill themed lumberyard, and you're gonna <laughs> see wood that's leaning up against the wall, and then you're gonna see stuff that's on racks. And usually, it's a size thing, and it's, it's always a size. It's
0: thing. always that. <laughs>
1: But, you know, usually the big stuff that they can't fit on a rack is just standing up, like slabs.
2: I will say that it's easier to get to things if they're all vertical. Like, if it's on a rack, inevitably you're going to need the the one that's on the bottom. So if you could could store everything vertically, that's probably the way to go. But it's not always the case. Like, it's not always viable.
0: There's no right or wrong way to do it. Both are good. I think if you're doing them vertically, you want to have them as straight up as you possibly can so the wood doesn't bow or anything Mm -hmm. um but for me my old shop had more wall space than my current shop i'm leaving all my wood storage in my old shop but uh i exactly like dan just said i like the horizontal storage but the vertical storage is much easier to get to the wood um it's it's really just preference there's no right or wrong there's no like wood species that dictates what needs to do what it's just there's just no right or wrong it's just however you like to do it the best, I think.
1: I forget whose account I saw do this, but they have literally plywood sheet storage, like four by eight sheets that are stored vertical, like right as you walk into the garage, the door opens up and on the right side, their door actually clears nine feet. So they just slide in full sheets in there and I'm like, That'd be so that's nice. just, incri- oh my God, to, sh- to just put a full sheet like that, I have to cut them in half and then like put them flat against the wall underneath my lumber rack. And basically if I want a sheet, I have to move everything off of one wall to get a sheet. It's a nightmare. Mine are I don't just even shy have.
0: of being tall enough. Sorry, Dan. Mine are just, my garage doors are like seven foot, 11 inches. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just same. shy. It's just a bummer.
2: I don't have dedicated sheet storage. Like it, it's just all kind of like wherever the heck I can yeah. find a spot. Yep,
0: it moves around as I buy stuff. I bought when I built my outfeed table. I bought I bought a sheet more of MDF than I needed, and that stuff's real easy to store. Um, and then I bought there was a sale at uh, a hardwood dealer on some plywood, and I bought way more sheets than I should have bought. So I, I'm sitting on a bunch of sheet goods right now, and they just take up so much space. And I see there's like for me because how tight my shop is. There's no value in storing sheet goods when there's a lumberyard that could store it for me. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it's nice to be able to have quick access to it, but I'd rather not store it at my house. I'd rather just pick it up when right. I need it. So that's kind of my my two cents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we got any more voicemails? We
0: have so many more. Yes. Um, actually, we have like, one I like more. This.
1: I like the oil voicemail. <laughs> yeah, it's nice episode.
0: It's nice. This one's uh. This is from Taylor with ICT Design, and it's regarding production of content.
1: Hey guys, Taylor with ICT Designs Co. Hey, uh, hope you guys are having a good day. I, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm getting ready to start doing a you know a YouTube video
2: or starting to uh, produce more video content for my Instagram feed.
1: I'm just wondering, um, you know, both from a technical st- aspect and a creative aspect. Um, how do you guys plan, um, execute, and then um, edit your your videos for the platforms? Appreciate
2: your answers. Thanks, guys.
0: Go ahead, Dan. Mike. Oh, me? Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, you you plan and 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 do all that stuff more than I think either of us.
0: Um, <clears throat> so I don't know that there's a whole lot of well for for YouTube. There is a lot of planning, and it's I'm actively trying to shift my focus to YouTube. The, all the corona pandemic stuff is, man, the last three weeks has been really hard to focus, but, um, I'm transitioning my focus from Instagram to YouTube and I'm trying to get a build out a week, which is really tough. <laughs> it's really hard to do. Even if it's your full-time job, it's, it's hard to do. Um, but I do, I plan out my builds. Uh, I plan them out and how to make an interesting spin on them. And what I basically am. My goal is is to have one project a week, all the recording I do is for YouTube, and then I edit any footage that I think is interesting enough into an Instagram post every day. Because the bottom line is, no one follows anyone's account. I mean, there's a handful of people we all follow where we follow their day-to-day builds, but the vast majority of followers aren't following close enough to care if the, anything's in chronological order. Any of your actual builds, no one cares. So if you just find like the really cool process shots and get that in your post, that's what I'm looking for for Instagram. Same with TikTok. It's kind of like, I don't know what you call footage that isn't your main footage. <laughs> I don't know what that's called. B-roll. B-roll. Is it really B-roll? Okay. Yeah. Well, it. I basically, Instagram and TikTok are being fed from my B-roll stuff from my YouTube essentially. So, uh, that's kind of how I plan it is this next week I have a build that I'm going to be working on, which I'm not going to go into now, but that's, that's going to be my YouTube video for the week. And then everything that is interesting out of that is what we'll go to Instagram and, uh, and TikTok. So that's kind of, I guess
1: how. that's more highlights, not B-roll because you're putting quality stuff. Out. Yeah. I mean, it's not B-roll. Yeah, it's not, not yeah. it's, not. it's floored, good. It's,
0: right. it's you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. It's highlights. It's not, it's not like just crap I wasn't going to use it's going to be in the youtube video but i'm taking like uh i'm taking the stuff that's particularly interesting and because instagram's attention span is so short i'll try to get like one i'll try to get two or three processes in there when i first was like getting into editing and production i would try to get like into a bunch of processes in there i would do quick cuts on a bunch of processes and those do really well if you can do like a 4 second cut of a process and you can like maybe get like seven processes in there but it's just a lot of work you know it's like a lot of work to like edit together a video every night that has like eight eight processes and someone's probably only watched like a third of that video so i mean there's not a whole lot of people that watch the entire video unless it's incredibly captivating it's just impossible to make a video that's a minute (laughs) that's going to be incredibly captivating for instagram so i don't know
1: a minute's a very long time
0: it is it really is
2: the um, only, just... the only editing I do on Instagram or the editing and planning I do is when I do my, my wrap up finished beauty shots. Like I'll plan those out. I'll, 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 put some time aside for the day and do those. Like I did that this morning with the cabinet. Other than that, I'm grabbing stuff and posting it as soon as I do it because I'm excited about it. And I'll probably plan a little bit for YouTube, but I have no structure. It's just, oh, this is fun. I'm going to do it now, and I'm going right. to release it now. I don't have a plan for it. I think that which is probably bad on my end. No, I mean, actually, I like honestly, right
0: honestly, and I, sorry if, if I was going to if I cut you off, Pete, but I don't think that's bad. I think that's actually for Instagram, kind of the best way to do it because there's no if you're if you if you really want to do well on Instagram, you have to post every single day, and if you really, I mean, you can get a couple posts a day out, and you got to get them at the same time. But there's no way to find that kind of time to spend that much time planning out your Instagram stuff. You don't just want to throw garbage up there, but you can't spend like an hour per post editing. <laughs> You're getting yeah. two hours a day of post editing, and then however much time it takes to actually do the work, and then you have to live. So there's no – it does, it's not it's, – it's unsustainable. You have to – I think really – That's why the majority of my posts
2: are photos and not videos because they take way less planning.
0: Yeah. If, Go ahead, Pete. Sorry.
2: I know videos do be- better, but – Go on, yeah. deep. Sorry.
1: No, I'm I'm even uh less planned out than you guys. I tend to record a lot and take a lot of pictures while working on stuff, fully intending to post them, but then occasionally just kind of move on to the next thing and then I post about that and then like, well, I'm not going to post a thing from last week maybe, and then I just kind of like, leave it. I I need I do need to plan it out a little more. Um I probably have enough content to drop two posts a day sometimes, but I also, I I sometimes like, I get into my own head and I think we've all been there sometimes of like, oh, is this good enough to post? Is this even important enough? Or is this interesting? And I tend to sometimes get in my head and then just like not post. And then I was like, oh, I'm gonna get it later. And then later never comes. So it's kind of hard. But what I've been trying to do is is definitely like put out parts of a project. Like I'm working on these shelves and I'm further along in a project than what I've posted. But after we're getting off from here, I was finishing up editing on some video Um, and as far as the production side of it goes, so I use, uh, Mike, you use LumaFusion, Mm -hmm. right? For editing. Yep. Uh, speaks very highly of it. I was actually thinking about picking it up today. I use InShot, uh, which is pretty good entry level kind of editing, uh, on your phone. It's nice because it lets you edit videos. A lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but then I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, I have, uh, on my Mac, I have Final Cut and I could be doing editing in there or even, uh, iMovie. And I do, you know, I started recording some stuff for youtube so i'm going to be putting it up on there and same thing you know that's where my main best quality stuff is going to go and then highlights of that are going on instagram and then to kind of bring it down even more think of your stories your stories are highlights of your posts so you know you're teasing things that you're going to be posting in your stories like oh i'm working on it. like, like working on these shelves working on this cabinet uh, but then you actually see the finished product in that post that that beauty or glamour shot that dan was talking about so i mean work with whatever you're familiar with whatever's easiest for you but it i would i would highly recommend picking an application that's a little better and just fully investing yourself in that you don't want to start on like clips on your iphone which is an app for just doing, doing some quick uh Quick videos, then move to like InShot, then learn that, and then learn LumaFusion, and then move to iMovie or something else. Pick something that, you know, might cost a couple bucks, but think of how much time you spend on this. Invest it. Mike is totally right. You know, at first I was hesitant, like, oh, 30 bucks for LumaFusion? It's a tiny investment. It, really it is. And, it. and here's the
0: thing I don't know about everyone else, but when I see a post and it has that InShot watermark, I'm swiping mm-hmm. away from that thing. It, it just looks. First thing
1: I did was paid to get rid of that. Yeah, it if, you yeah like, I, if you have, if
2: I upgraded InShot too. Yeah. yeah,
0: if you have, if you're using an app and you're happy with it, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it has that watermark in there, it just looks yeah. so. It just you're 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 not spending. It's like two dollars, right? I don't even know how much InShot is. I'm not familiar with it.
1: it it's it's free, and then it's two dollars for the the watermark thing. Yeah, two dollars. <laughs>
2: Make your post. Yeah, I upgraded I, it to Pro, and I think it was like five bucks. Right, five I mean, it's bucks. The co- it's the cost of
0: a cup of coffee. Yeah, I mean, like, ha- it just goes to show how serious the person is about what they're doing. Like, if if they're not going to spend five bucks to eliminate a watermark, they probably don't really care that much about their Instagram. That's my take on it. Yep. You know that might not be the case. You know, but my take is it's, it's
1: harsh, but that's that's true. N- I'm know, just being how? real.
0: Like, yeah, if I see a post and I go, "Oh, there's an," in- they had, they're not going to pay the whatever it costs to get the watermark out of there. Then they don't care about their production value. I think
2: I might add back the watermark just for my. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm so glad I don't follow you. Um. (laughs)
1: If if he's really serious about uh, editing uh, stuff for YouTube and doing some content on that as well, you know, look into Adobe's Creative Cloud. Everything's subscription based now, so you're not just buying it outright. It's no longer three thousand dollars for Adobe Suite or whatever. You can get it, I think, for thirty bucks a month. You get the entire suite or something like that, and dude, you get Illustrator, you get uh, Premiere, which is what all the pros use. And it's not overly complicated. All the basic features of all the other applications are there. And you know, if you're serious, thirty bucks a month—that's a cup of coffee every day for two weeks—and you got that paid for. You know, and if that brings you a single sale that you make a hundred dollars on every every month, you're paying—it's paying
0: for itself. That's the long term. Like if you're looking at like, oh, I don't want to spend five bucks on, a, on to remove a watermark, or I don't want to spend thirty bucks to have higher quality stuff. It's just really short term thinking. You've got to think mm-hmm. about like. I'll talk to some people on here and they'll be like, yeah, I just really want to do this to drive my sales. <laughs> well, the the response is going to be the same. If they don't think you're putting quality time into your production of your posts, they might think that's going to bleed over into your product that you make elsewhere. So,
1: Also, think of it this way. For those of you out there that maybe play video games, if you're willing to drop 60 bucks on a video game that you'll put 20, 30 hours into, but you're not willing to spend 30 bucks into your business and Instagram that you're putting 30 hours a week into, that's, you know, you're, you're going to be hurting. And it, it's worth the investment. It really is. It is. Because the quality of the... I mean, even just the DRM-free like the, the royalty-free music, oh, that alone is just such a win.
0: It is. Yep. I mean... Totally worth it. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to harp on it too hard, but yeah, it, it if it's something you really want to do, like you don't need to have... The woodworking and the content creation—they're just two separate things. I
2: feel mm-hmm. like that's an episode
0: we could do. Right? They're just—I think well, we might have, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that was the joke. Oh, oh this is awkward. <laughs> um, you know, they're two different things. So if if you don't really want to get into the content creation, that's great. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to do that. Uh, you can do both. They're two separate, independent things. But if you're gonna do it, like, just really do it. Don't don't half-ass it. Like, really do it. And get in there and and try to figure it out. So that's kind of the best advice I can give on that. Um, Dan, any other follow up?
2: No, I'm good.
0: Well, I mean, that's all of our voice messages. Do we want to get into? It's we're at, you know, we're probably an hour in right now, just a
1: hair over an hour.
0: So, do you guys want to do one more one more uh, written in question? Yeah, let's do a write in. Let's do it. Who wants to read this thing?
1: Um. well, I'm gonna, why don't I summarize it? I'm gonna, this is from Jonathan from, uh, Character Red. He basically wrote in asking about, you know, his, his Instagram handle and kind of what we think about, in this case, his Instagram handle, but Instagram handles in, um, as a whole, you know, that's your business name on Instagram. That's how you're representing yourself. Uh, we, we've kind of touched on this in the past where your Instagram handle is, what you're kind of locking yourself into in a way you know if you're gonna be just uh you know mike's cornholes uh, cornhole boards whatever Ugh. or um whatever it's <laughs> <Sorry>. so off putting <laughs> right. let's go someone else uh you know a dance cutting boards you know you're all you're doing is cutting boards and anytime you do something different than a cutting board you're almost like it feels wrong to do it not wrong to do it but just you're, you're, you, it feels like it's you're off outside brand of your genre. Yeah, it's off brand. Yeah. So when we all started our Instagram handles, we thought a year or more in a, in advance. You know, I chose Petrie's Workshop, not Woodshop, because I knew I wasn't just going to be limited to wood. I'm going to be working in metal. I do 3D printing. I do CNC. I wanted to make sure I'd be open minded. You know, nice way to uh, kind of broaden it. And some people that choose um, like Coffee Custom Builds or. You know, if you use the word designs in your in your name, that's a great way to show people that I am a designer, I'm a builder, I'm a maker, I'm a business, but you're not locking yourself into a genre or a particular thing. That's my two cents on it. What do you guys think?
2: That's well, a very good point. Um Obviously, my handle is Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, so I am locked into Woodworks, but I don't ever plan on straying from that. Right. Um, yeah. uh You've nailed it right on the head.
0: Um, Don't lock yourself into something. Be open. That's all I got. I think woodworks isn't an an incredibly locked-in thing. I mean, if Dan got into metalwork, he could just do Daniel Dunlap Metalworks, and then he'll have Daniel Dunlap Photography, and Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Daniel Dunlap Metalworks, and then Daniel Dunlap Underwater Basket Weaving. It's all good stuff. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, something I do want to say is that uh, Jonathan wrote us in, and he wanted us to kind of evaluate his – his Instagram page. And we kind of talked before the show. I don't, we're not going to do that with people's accounts. Um, we're
1: not qualified to do that. Yeah. It's just not no, something. Like, uh, like,
0: it, it, uh, and we appreciate you like coming to us with it a lot. We really do. And you're a good dude, Jonathan. Um, I really, pre- we, we all appreciate your support. Um, but it's not something we're going to we're not going to take that torch and run with it because we just don't feel like we have the right to, uh, we can give you like passive advice and, well, I mean, we can give you straight advice too, but, um, we don't really want to jump into anyone's account and evaluate them because every account's so different and there's no, there's no actual formula for success on this stuff. There's like this whole big list of things you, you need to be doing to be successful, but then there's this whole other bunch of things that is just so account specific that you'll, you can just never quantify. So um we're kind of going over the real general things like post every day, uh, engage with people, do stories. So there's the Instagram success things, but, and then, you know, the name of your account, if it, character red, I don't know what that means. I just, I, 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 I will say that like the name doesn't make me think of woodworking, or making, or anything. It just makes me think, you know, this is this guy's handle. So, the only... Think
1: of uh, if you were going to put it on a storefront. You know, you're walking down a street and like, oh, I need to stop by uh, Dunlap Woodworks. Right. Pick up some lumber or something. Like, it, it has that ring to it of like, hey, that I got to stop by Dunlap's. You know, it has the business name kind of in it. Um, and... You know, and uh, he did mention in there he is thinking about doing this full time after he retires from the military. Thank you for your service. Uh, so you know, think of this as a business. You yeah. want to you want it to, you want to be a household name. You want people to think of your name easily and quickly if they're thinking of woodworking. Well, you know, friends and family.
0: The name is the first thing people learn about you, and first impressions are very important. And um, you know, like we're not going to be going into people's accounts, but I will say, character red isn't going to work. Uh, you're going to need to change that to something else. I mean... Um,
2: it just needs another another qualifier,
0: like right, Character yeah. Red Woodworks or right. C- Character Red Designing. Right, or, exactly. Know. There's not a lot that More needs to be definition. done. More Right, it, there's not a lot yep. that needs to be done, but Character Red, it it literally means nothing to me, except for that I know what your name and I'm familiar with your account. But if I was some random dude on the street, Character Red elicits nothing in my brain. I was like, oh, Character Red And kind of on a side topic... I keep all the people that I
2: follow to a very specific dynamic. I will not follow anybody who's posting selfies and pictures of their family, not Mm -hmm. because I am against that, but I want to keep everything that I follow very strict. It has to be woodworking or metalworking or some sort of making. So, and I get a lot of follow requests and stuff like that now nowadays. So it took me a long time before I started following uh, Jonathan over at Character Red because I, just because of the name, I never looked at the account. Like I never seen what he was doing until I actually went and looked at his account and I was like, oh, he's actually woodworking. So
0: I am going to give him a follow. Right. And there's a lot of that. I mean, like Dan was saying, and this is, this is, this does help, I guess. See, this is where it's like, we don't want to give people specific advice because it's so specific to each of us. We all, between me, Dan and Pete, all of us decide to follow accounts for different reasons. So there's just no answer. Um but if I look at an account and there's a single meme in any of their posts, I'm not following that account. <laughs> or or if it's like yeah. a bunch of selfies or like stuff, I'm just not following the account cuz it doesn't inspire me. I'm immediately That's for
1: my personal account. My woodworking right. account my is personal just woodworking. For sure. right. I'm right. looking f- to be inspired by right. my community. You know, right. And and just to clarify, Jonathan did ask for our feedback good, bad, and ugly. So that's why we're kind of we're going fully into it. We do want to Even
0: help though you we guys said out, we weren't going we don't
1: to <laughs> Well, we don't want to go too in depth with, with. I don't want to
0: open it up to where everyone yeah. messages every week. Like, hey, yes, take a look at my. That's
1: you know, that, it. And <laughs> I just. That's that's good, know I what this time. is about.
0: Right. We are not gonna. We're not gonna like. We're not gonna be the uh, page evaluation yeah. pro- uh, podcast. Yes. That's what so, looking for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Jonathan's name doesn't elicit anything in my brain, and I, you know, like I said, if I see, if I see a meme. In someone's post, like within the first few posts, <laughs> I'm not following them back. So there's just certain things where like, I really want my feed to inspire me or actually that's kind of it. I really want my feed to inspire me. I want to see stuff that I think, oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. It's your business card. Right. It's your splash page. Mm-hmm. It's what people see before they click on anything. They, if they don't see woodworking, they're not going to go to you for woodworking.
2: Right. First impressions or everything. Yep.
1: Yep. yep. Well, that was a, that was a great Episode six. <laughs> you nailed wrap it up? You nailed it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we we have some more, but let's save them for next week. We don't want to run too too long.
0: Yeah. Let's let's call this one. I think I think we're all yeah. kind of exhausted this week. So we're we're burnt it's pretty been, hard. So it's
1: been one of those weeks it has again. Been. It has been. It's been a week.
0: Well, I guess we can just leave on that super somber note. <laughs> 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 Uh, so guys,
1: make sure to, you know, check us out yeah. on Instagram. Check out Dan and Mike on YouTube. Me, hopefully, soon. I'm dragging my feet. And uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail or question, topic idea that you really want to hear about, make sure to check out our uh, page. It's on our IG page. Just click the link. You can call us at 74754. 74- 754. Call AWP. I got you. Or uh, ideally, Record a voice memo on your phone and email it to anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com. Nice. You guys got anything else to add? No. No.
0: I think that's it. Thank you for Another all the one support, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next week for sure. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What, what, what? One wait. more thing. Five-star ratings.
1: Oh, yeah. Five-star ratings. Five. Yes. Don't.
0: We're only... Our account, when we set it up... We go, this, it, we go over this every <laughs> right. week. Every week. We set up the account so that we'll only receive five-star ratings. So... Go give us a rating. It's going to be five-star because that's all, all that's allowed. Just go get yeah. go get that taken we, care of.
2: Pizza a yep. wizard at IT, and he figured <laughs>
1: that out. Yep. So. And if you leave a five-star review, Dan will send you a sticker. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: That is something right, you guys. shouldn't have said. Let's call it.
1: <laughs> Till next week. I love you. Bye. Bye. I love you. Bye. Love you long time.
0: Stop it.